Welcome to this podcast featuring well-known Bible teacher, Kevin Connor. For more information, visit kevinconnor.org. Off a couple of weeks ago in our study on the second coming epistles. So let's just again turn to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and just uh, bring our memories back. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 and uh, we'll pick up uh, from, I think we better take from verse 1 through to a few verses here as we just uh, continue here. Now we beseech you brethren by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him that ye be not soon shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us as that the day of Christ is at hand. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things, and now you know what withholdeth, that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work, only he who now letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. We'll just hold it there for the moment. Now, let's just sort of pick up from where we left off uh, on our last uh, term here, as we pick up in this term. You'll see by the notes that you've got uh, handed out tonight, um, we've already covered section one on the exhortation, where Paul said, I beseech you, A, by the coming of our Lord, and B, by our gathering together unto him. And uh, he exhorted them not to be shaken in mind. You've already had this on a previous uh, extended lesson sheet. Not to be troubled. Uh, Three, by spirit. Four, by word. Five, by letter. And then uh, number two, we saw the warnings that Paul gave against deception. Let no man deceive you by any means, and that one of the greatest deceptions was the secret rapture theory, and uh, be the sign of the last days and about Jesus coming as a thief in the night. They are uh, sort of the events that we've covered so far. And then number three, we spent uh, the last two or three weeks of our previous term on uh, the order of events A, where Paul says that that day, uh, the coming of our Lord and our gathering together unto him, that that day would not come except number one, there come a falling away first of the great apostasy and number two, the man of sin be revealed. All right, so our last session we talked about was the great falling away and we followed the pattern of the heavenly temple and the earthly temple, the heavenly pattern of the temple, the antichrist and the apostasy and then the earthly pattern in Israel, the temple, the antichrist, the apostasy and saw how uh, just consistency of of God's revelation of the church, the pattern, the church is now God's temple, not uh, this building as we heard tonight, this building is not the church, it's just a sheep shed, and then the Antichrist in the church and the great apostasy from the church. And then we looked at uh, a couple of different words on the word fall, uh, one word meaning to stumble and to trip up, uh, and the other word referring to apostasy. And then uh, in our final session, we looked at two people that were coming and we want to pick up from here as we continue on tonight. We looked at two persons who were coming in Thessalonians. Uh, Number one, Christ is coming 
And number two, Antichrist is coming, and the Greek word uh, parousia, and then B, there were two ter- persons to be revealed, Apocalypsis in the Thessalonians, Christ would be revealed, and Antichrist would be revealed. And then we finished on this, who comes first? So many are looking for the coming of Christ to come first, but Paul says, that day, the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together unto him will not come except there come a falling away first, not a secret rapture first, but a falling away first, and two, not Christ coming and Christ revealed, but the man of sin be revealed. And we looked at these various uh, patterns right through the word of God. First Cain, then Abel. First the raven, then the dove, first Ham, then Shem, first Nimrod, then Abraham, first Hagar, then Sarah, first Ishmael, uh, then Isaac, first Esau, then Jacob, first the natural, then the spiritual, uh, bind the tares first, and then gather the wheat into the uh, barn, and then Antichrist, that day shall not come except the coming falling away first, and the man of sin be revealed. So Antichrist revealed before Christ, who Christ shall destroy at the brightness of his coming. Uh, How many remember those things? that I, uh, while I was yet with you, I told you these things. Okay, now what we want to look at in our time tonight is uh, the subject of the Antichrist and realizing that uh, we come from various backgrounds and uh, various types of teaching, I want to refer to uh, a couple of things that I think I did many, many, many years ago it seems and then uh, refer to the notes that you have to fill in as we follow on under B Uh, that day shall not come except there come a falling away first and B, the man of sin be revealed. So we want to talk about the Antichrist and the man of sin and I'll tell you when we have to fill in some things here. Now, in the scripture, there's uh, many, many pictures of the Antichrist as well as there is of the Christ. And what I would like to do tonight in our first part here Uh, Over the studies that I've done in uh, eschatology or sympathetic escapology, as it is for some, uh, I found uh, basically three different views concerning the Antichrist. Some say, and some schools say, that the Antichrist is a person, an individual, uh, who opposes Christ and sets himself up in a rebuilt temple, Jerusalem, as we've already talked about, and I hope that I've refuted that enough that the temple that the Lord is talking about is the church as there was the heavenly temple, the material temple in Israel and now the spiritual temple in the church and uh, so that's one view that says the Antichrist is going to be a person is going to head up in a man then another view says that the Antichrist is a system not a person, it's simply a system, a political system, a political religious system And then the third view is that there is no personal Antichrist uh, in a a system. There is simply the spirit of Antichrist. And so we're not to look for an individual person as the Antichrist, uh, but it'll be a worldwide political system or there'll be the spirit of Antichrist. Now, in my uh, study of the Word of God, I think many, many times uh, expositors of the Word will grab one, one facet of truth and just run off and build a whole... A thing on that or grab another thing and miss that instead. I believe that if we really want to understand what the Lord says, we need to put the whole body of Scripture together, like I've often referred to the illustration of the jigsaw puzzle part, and when we put the parts together without forcing the parts uh, or distorting the picture, we see the, the complete thing. 
So I want to uh, say that I personally believe that all those things are true. <clears throat> not just one at the expense of the other. So first of all, let me take a few moments on that, then I'll tell you when we need to get back to uh, our notes here. I'd like you to turn over, first of all, to uh, John's Gospel, uh, no, not John's Gospel, 1 John chapter 2, <clears throat> and uh, allow me just to put out some of the jigsaw puzzle parts tonight, and then uh, we'll bring it all together by the time we're through. 1 John chapter 2, <clears throat> and just... Hope my voice still hangs on. <clears throat> Having a key knowledge seminar in Brisbane and David and I shared together about 34 sessions and then I had 21 sessions last week at Logos. My voice is um, gone with the wind by who blew it. So just pray I can hang on to my voice here. <clears throat> All right, 1 John chapter 2. Now we find that the expression or the term the Antichrist is uh, particularly uh, peculiar to John and we want to read from uh, authorised here some of the verses it's used then I want to put on the board what I believe is uh, balance in this whole area and uh, trust that uh, I can convince you on this too. Alright, 1 John chapter 2 and verse 18. Uh, John is writing to the believers, he says, Little children... It is the eschaton, or literally the last time. And as you have heard that Antichrist shall come, now some of the, some, not all I believe, but uh, some of the Greek uh, guys say on this that the, the article is actually before Antichrist, whole Antichristos, uh, so that it would read this way. Little children, it is the last time, and as you have heard, that Antichrist or the Antichrist shall come. Then he goes on to say, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know it is the eschaton, we know it is the last time. So first of all, I want you to note this here, that uh, number one, John says, you've heard that Antichrist or the Antichrist shall come, using in the singular here, and what I want to put here is the head. Then number two, he says, even now there are many, plural, many antichrists, not just one who is to come, but there are many antichrists. And I want to liken this to the body. Now you'll see why I'm saying this in, in due time. So we have, first of all, the head, and then we have the body. Nice looking man there. Then let's go to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 24. Oh no, sorry, before we do, uh, let's, before we leave John. So verse 18, to give you the references that this is referred to. So little children, it is the last time, and as you've heard that Antichrist should come, even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know it is the last time. They went out from us, from the church, but they were not of us, for if they had been of us, they would no doubt have continued with us, and so it says all of us. But they went out that they might be manifest that they were not all of us. And how are you going to know this? In contrast to the Antichrist, you have an anointing, charisma, you have an unction from the Holy One and know all things. I have written unto you because... You know that uh, I have not written unto you because you 
do not know the truth, but because you know it, and that no lie is of the truth. Who is a liar but he that denieth that Jesus is the Christ? This is Antichrist. Okay, so on the other hand now, let's see the, what we're doing here. We have, number one, we have Christ over against Antichrist, and Christ is the head of the church. So we have headship in Christ, and headship in Antichrist. Then, running ahead here, which we know, we have the Christians, the believers, the regenerate, who now constitute the body of Christ. All right, so to really understand the Christ, we have Christ the head and Christ the body. Now, just while I'm on that, let's, uh, let's uh, turn over to 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and we'll just sort of flow these together here. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It might be a bit of a shock to us, but one of the names of the body of Christ is Christ. It might shock you, but let's read what the Bible says. Not only is the head Christ, but one of the names of the body is the body of Christ, and the body is called Christ. Listen to it. We're talking about the total Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is who? Christ. Now is he talking about Christ the head or is he talking about the many-membered body of Christ. He's talking about the body. So, there is Christ the head, and the Christians, a many-membered body. Remember, I've said this before, nowhere is the church ever called the body of Jesus. Never once. It's always the body of Christ, the body of the anointed one. So, Christians, along with Christ, constitute head and body. Now let's go over to Matthew 24, back to the uh, negative side here. Matthew chapter 24. <coughs> and uh, we'll pick up in verse 5 and verse 23 and 24. Okay, Matthew 24 and verse 5. And verse 23 and 24. Uh, Take heed that no man deceive you. First warning against deception. And Paul is warned against deception as we've seen. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. So deceptive Christ. Then in verse uh, 24. Uh, For there shall arise false Christs, false anointed ones, and false prophets, and shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible they shall deceive the very elect. So we have many false Christs. Even now there are many Christs, anti-Christs. So we have false Christs, false anointed ones here, false anointing. So anti-Christ, ahead, anti-Christ, many anti-Christs, false Christs. Now, one other thing I want to put here to complete our picture. Let's go back to 1 John chapter, chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4 again. And I know that the word 
is supplied in italics here, but uh, if we take the, the context of the verse, where the word is apparently in the earliest manuscripts here, it's consistent with the language of the verse. Okay, First John chapter 4, and let's pick up uh, verse 1 through to verse 3, showing the consistency of the translators here at least in uh, uh, supplying the word in italics. Uh, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God, because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. So you'll notice the key word there is spirit, spirits, spirit, spirit. And now the, um, the translators have supplied in italics uh, the consistency of the word there. So verse 3, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is that spirit of Antichrist. Whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in the world. So what I want to put here on number three is this. The spirit of Antichrist. Okay? All right, you've heard that the spirit, so the sp- every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is not of God. And in, uh, in 2 John and verse 7, we have the last reference to uh, that expression, the Antichrist, peculiar to John, as Christ not anointing, anti-anointing, is very peculiar to John here. Those of you will remember jewels from John many, many ages ago. Verse 7, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and an Antichrist. So Jesus Christ and then we have the deceiver and antichrist. All right, now, so we have bringing together what John says as well as what Jesus supplied also. Antichrist, you have heard that the antichrist, and this is how I understand, the antichrist shall come. There's a coming antichrist, the man of sin to be revealed, who is the head. Even now, there are many antichrists, a many-membered body of antichrists, false Christ, false anointed ones, and there's that spirit of Antichrist. Now let's go over to the uh, final part on the positive side in Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8. You understanding me tonight? Romans chapter 8. And we'll pick up in... uh, Verse verse 9, particularly the latter part. I'll read the whole verse though. But but ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. This is Romans 8, verse 9. But ye are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be that the Spirit of God dwell in, in you. Now if any man have not what? The Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. Okay, so we complete our jigsaw puzzle, this part. So, the Spirit of Christ. All right, now, how many believe that on the positive side, this is the complete biblical revelation of the Christ, the New Testament, Christ the head, the anointed one, the head, 
Christians, members of the body. The body is Christ, the body of Christ. And uh, what unites the head and the body together? It's the Spirit of Christ working in the head and joining the head and the body together. Is that right? The same Spirit that was in the head. And that's what Paul says. He says, the same anointing. He who hath anointed Christ has anointed you. The same anointing that was upon the head now flows down over the many-membered body. So it is the anointed body. We are Christians, not only followers of Christ, but anointed ones by reason of the same Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Christ in the Christians, uh, joining the head in heaven and the body in earth. It's the Spirit that unites it. So there's a Spirit at work in the world today. How many are glad that the Spirit of Christ is at work in your life? Uh, joining us to one another, and yet joining us to the risen head. Now, how many believe the body of Christ is in formation today? How many believe the body of Christ is not yet completed? There's still a lot of members to get saved and get added to the body. Okay, now, if that is true, this is true. So I believe that just as, uh, except uh, this is always the reverse, just as there's the Christ, over against the Christ there will be a manifest antichrist, some up in a head. And that's what Daniel and Revelation teaches throughout. Then I believe the body of antichrist is in formation today. And it's going to be a many-membered body. And we're going to end up with two bodies. This thing will show great signs and wonders and deceive, if possible, the very elect. So we'll see two bodies functioning. And how many know that not only is the Spirit of Christ at work in the church, how many know that the Spirit of Antichrist is at work in the world and in the church? And that Spirit of Antichrist, and next week I think I'm going to give you eight characteristics to show whether a Christian is under the influence of this thing or under the influence of this thing. Because it can go either way, depending on something in here. So the spirit of Antichrist is at work opposing the spirit of Christ. They're the members of the anti-crystal body opposing the Christians. And just as this is, body is to be joined to its risen head, ultimately, this thing is going to be joined to its head, ultimately. That's what the end of the age is going to be, be uh, revealed. See, so it's not just, say, just the Antichrist. It's not just the system. It's not just the spirit. It's the lot. How many see that? Hands up. Have I communicated? Okay, if you don't agree, I'll forgive you, but pray for you. Lord, help you. <laughs> is that all right? All right, let's get back... Uh, to our notes now. No, I want to go to one other scripture and then back to our notes. Genesis chapter 3, 15. Scripture that we've uh, looked at on previous occasions. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. Now, the beginning of everything that I've uh, said to you tonight here uh, is actually found in Genesis chapter 3, 15 in its uh, seed form. And just to remind ourselves, this is after the fall of man has taken place, and uh, we better pick up in verse 14 and 15 to lead into it. And the Lord God said unto the serpent, Because you have done this, you are cursed above all cattle, 
and above every beast of the field, upon your belly shall you go, and dust shall you eat all the days of your life. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between thy seed and her seed, it shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So if we had uh, room to put this up here, we'll try and squeeze a little bit somehow. But if we had room to put this up here, this is what we would see. Okay, we would have um, the Lord God. See how small that is. And he's talking to the serpent. Okay, this is where we see the beginning of it. The serpent. And over on the other side, he's talking to the woman. This, the serpent is standing before the woman. And he says to the serpent, I will put enmity. Okay, right down the center here. Here it is, the beginning of it. I will put enmity, conflict, warfare between you, the serpent, and between the woman. And as we've said before, it's not that women are scared of snakes. It's deeper than that. I'm scared of snakes, especially if the Lord tells you to take them by the tail like he did to Moses. When I go snake hunting, I take them by the head. So I don't go snake hunting, see. Okay, so the Lord God said, I'll put enmity between thee, the serpent, and the woman, and from these two would come two seed lines. So he says, the seed of the serpent. I would put enmity between thy seed, serpent's seed, and between thy seed and her seed, the seed of the woman. Seed of the serpent, seed of the woman. And he said, as a result of that, there would be two bruisings. You will bruise his head. Okay, so we have a bruised head reminding ourselves of this. A bruised head on this side. So the serpent's going to get something come to his head he's never thought of. Praise God. And uh, I will put enmity between thy seed and her seed. It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt, talking to the serpent, bruise his heel. And remember when Paul picks this up, talking to the church, he says, and the God of peace shall bruise Satan under your feet shortly. Where do you get it from? Right from Genesis, talking to the church. And sometimes I say, I don't care if you do call me a heel, because the feet are on the body. And uh, when he says he'll bruise the serpent's head, he's going to use the feet of the church to do it. Calvary he was bruised. But at Calvary, he made possible the church to bring about the final bruising. Amen? So, this is what's happened. The seed and all those two. I gave you a few weeks back, show you those two lines that have gone all the way through to the consummation that we have today. Now let's go to your notes after all that. And I want to give you some of the titles, so go back to uh, Second Thessalonians. I want to give you some of the uh, significant titles of the, uh, of the man of sin that are found just in 2 Thessalonians and, uh, uh, chapter 2 alone. Having done the total revelation of Antichrist through Daniel and Matthew and John and Revelation. And so uh, just as we have so many pictures of Christ in the Old Testament, we have many pictures of the Antichrist in the Old Testament. We have Christ revealed in Daniel. We have Antichrist revealed in Daniel. We have Christ revealed in Revelation. We have the Antichrist revealed in Revelation. We have Christ revealed in Matthew and Antichrist revealed in Matthew. 
The pattern is just consistent because of this enmity, this conflict, this spirit of Antichrist against the spirit of Christ, the warfare that we're all involved in, enmity, warfare, bruising. And we get our bruises, but he's at it for a bruise too, praise God. All right, so note the titles that Paul uh, speaks of the man of sin here. Number one, I've just said the first one. In verse 3, let no man deceive you by any means, for that day shall not come, except there come a falling away first. And number one, and the man of sin be revealed. Okay, so what I suggest there is just put the man of sin, verse 3. The man of sin, verse 3. I've got to take time on these things. I'd like to, but uh, we won't have the everlasting gospel. Number two, the son of perdition, verse 3. So he's the man of sin. He is the son of perdition. Significant. Now, I just say so much and then back off. The only other person called uh, relative to uh, perdition, not only a place but a person, is Judas, who is called the son of perdition. And for those who have an ear to put it way back in your mind there, Judas was a fallen apostle. He was one of the twelve who become the devil incarnate because Satan entered into him. The only person beside him called the Antichrist is the Antichrist or son of perdition. So those of you can pick up something there that I don't want to say yet. Okay, number three. Third thing here, and it's not uh, quite said this way, but I'm going to give it to you this way as you'll see the contrast. He is the man God. He is a man who exalts himself as God. He opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God, or that is worshipped so that he as God. So here is the man of sin who exalts himself as God. So I've called him the man God, verse 3 and 4. The man God. You'll see the contrast before we wrap up. Number 4. The next title that Paul gives him here in this chapter is the mystery of iniquity. Verse 7, for the mystery of iniquity doth already work. And if it was already at work in Paul's day, you can guess where we are in our generation because it's getting harder and iniquity is abounding. I don't know what Paul would say if he was back here today and say, Paul, what you had back there in your day was miniature. We've got multiplied iniquity because of multiplied population. So the mystery of iniquity, verse 7. Number 5, the Antichrist is called in verse 8, that wicked, and then shall that wicked, you notice it's capitalized, then shall that wicked, he is that wicked, or that wicked one. Number 6, that's verse 8 on that wicked. Number 6, he is called, and this is very significant here, each of these uh, sort of got so much in them. Uh, he is called in verse 11, strong, the strong delusion. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion. What cause? Uh, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. So if they don't receive the love of the truth that they might be saved, uh, they will believe a lie. For this cause God shall send them strong delusion. Antichrist is that strong delusion that they all might be damned who believe not the truth, but 
they believe a lie. See, so you either believe the lie or the believe the truth. Everybody's going to believe something. So number, uh, number six here, Antichrist is the strong delusion, verse 11. And then in the same verse, it's significant here too, that they should, all, that they should believe a lie. Believe the lie. I'll tell you why in a moment. Verse 11, the lie. So seven particular things about the Antichrist there. He's the man of sin. He's the son of perdition. He's the man who exalts himself as God. He's the mystery of iniquity. He is that wicked. He is the strong delusion. He is the lie. Now I want to give you a contrast and then the contrast will make... Uh, make uh, this more significant. What is the proper time, by the way? I think that clock is five minutes slow, is it? What is the proper time? Five minutes to? Seven. Okay. All right, let's uh, look at the contrast now between what we've got here. Antichrist and Christ. And uh, uh, just give you a scripture here and there if we have the time on this. Okay, now in contrast to the titles of, of the Antichrist, the head, the body, the spirit that's at work to join the, the many-member body to the head, same as uh, on the on positive side, Antichrist is the man of sin. Jesus Christ is the man of righteousness. Antichrist is the son of perdition. Jesus Christ is the son of heaven. Number three, the Antichrist is the man-God, the man who exalts himself as God, but Jesus Christ is the God-man. God became man in the person of Christ. Man becomes God in the person of Antichrist. Self-deification. When we think of this thing that's at work today in the egotheistic movements, and you shall be as gods, egocentric, egotheistic, and this thing that's sweeping through Pentecostal charismatic circles that the God within me, it frightens me because it's that spirit that was at work in the garden. You shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. Right? And it's that Antichrist, the mystery of iniquity. All right, number four. Antichrist is the mystery of iniquity. In contrast, in Thessalonians, Paul says that Jesus Christ is the mystery of godliness. So the mystery of iniquity and the mystery of godliness. Number five, Antichrist is called that wicked one. That wicked one, Jesus is called that holy one. We know thee who thou art, that holy one. So Antichrist is the wicked one, the Christ is that holy one. Number six, Antichrist is the strong delusion. Jesus is the complete revelation. Rather have the revelation of God in Christ than the strong delusion in the Antichrist, wouldn't you? Number seven, Antichrist is the lie. Jesus Christ is the truth. It's uh, quite a significant thing in John's Gospel, I'm trying to remember where the verse is, and I've got it right here. John 5, verse 43, you might like to put down there. Jesus said, 
I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another, and here's the another, if another shall come in his own name, and this is the tragedy that the, uh, that the Jews will accept this guy and be deceived. Um, I am come in my Father's name, and you receive me not. If another, referring to the Antichrist, shall come in his own name, and he will come in his own name. Many shall come in my name, saying, I am a Christ, I'll come in his own name. Him ye will receive. There's the, there's the tragedy of it. So, Jesus Christ is the truth, Antichrist is the lie. Number eight, characteristic of the Antichrist is he opposes God. Jesus exalted God. He exalted his Father. Uh, Antichrist opposes God. Jesus exalts God. Number nine, Antichrist exalts himself. Jesus humbled himself. Hereby we know the spirit that's at work. Self-exaltation, spirit of Antichrist at work, self-abasement, humility, spirit of Christ at work. And then number ten, which we've just put up here, Antichrist is the seed of the serpent, and Jesus Christ is the seed of the woman. Go down to verse, uh, not verse, section B as we uh, finish our study tonight. So we've gone through the titles of Antichrist, and I trust that you pick up some of the significance there. Under B, three points I want to give you on his pride, which we take off our, our notes here. Number one, his pride is... He opposeth God. It's pride that opposes God. In anybody, anybody who opposes God is proud. I don't believe in God. There's no such thing as God. And if God were there, nobody's ever seen him. That's uh, Antichrist spirit. He opposes God. Pride causes a man to oppose God. Number two, he exalts himself. Instead of exalting Jesus Christ and exalting uh, the Lord God, he exalts himself. Self-exaltation. Uh, same spirit that happened way back there. I will exalt myself, Lucifer said. Self-exaltation. And number three, which we've already uh, covered sufficiently, he sits as God in the temple of God. So self-enthronement. So under number one, it's self-authority. Because when you oppose God's authority, you set yourself up as authority. So number one is self-authority. Number two is self-exaltation, exalts himself. And number three is self-enthronement. He sits as God in the temple of God, self-enthronement. All those are the signs of the spirit of Antichrist at work. Well, to end on a positive note, I want to be under the Spirit of Christ, don't you? And have that Spirit working in my heart, relation to the members of the body of Christ, and just to be joined to the risen head. I want to beware of this thing that is subtly at work in the world and in the church. Can you say amen? Have you understood these things tonight? Amen. Let's uh, stand. Let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for your word that you said, Man shall not live by bread only, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. 
And Lord, your word is bread to us. It's meat, it's honey, it's manna, it's milk. Your, your word has all the spiritual vitamins that we need, Lord, to make us strong and healthy believers. And Father, as we realize we're in these days when the spirit of Antichrist is at work in the apostate church and the false ecumenical system, as well as in the world, we pray, Lord, that every one of us as members shall continually uh, have a humble spirit, Lord, and uh, allow thy spirit, your spirit, the spirit of Christ, to work in us, joining us together as members one of another and joining us to you as the risen head. Seal your word to our hearts. May it uh, not just be a mind trip, but may it be uh, something that goes from our mind into our heart and conform us further to your image. Thank you, Father. We pray that you'll bless your word and seal it to our hearts and bless your people now as we separate until we gather again on the weekend. Let us come with a spirit of expectancy, spirit of worship, a spirit of devotion to glorify you and magnify your precious name and to minister to you and minister one to another, Father. We thank you for this in the precious name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. We hope you enjoyed today's teaching. Be sure to visit kevinconnor.org where you can access PDF downloads of all of Kevin Connor's books as well as his video training courses, including the Key of Knowledge Seminar and Foundations of Christian Doctrine.